I guess the biggest thing for me was knowing that 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 pain wasn't coming from damage and, and that the scan wasn't you know wasn't telling the truth i mean there, there's so many people out there that would have the exact same scan as me that wouldn't even know welcome to episode 14 of the empowered beyond pain podcast proudly brought to you by body logic physiotherapy today we're talking imaging mris cts x-rays radiographs we're talking scans and low back pain This comes from fact four of the 10 facts every person should know about back pain paper published in the BJSM that Professor Peter O'Sullivan, Dr. JP Canero and myself, as well as others co-authored. We talked about how that paper was motivated by the rehabilitation stories of almost 100 people who were profoundly disabled by their back pain in episode four, and then shared some of those stories in episode five. Fact four, presented by patient voice Adrian McGregor, was... Scans rarely show the cause of back pain. Scans are important, but only for a minority of people. Lots of scary-sounding things can be reported on scans, such as disc bulges, degeneration, protrusions, arthritis, and so on. Unfortunately, the reports don't say that these findings are very common in people without back pain, and that they don't predict how much pain you feel or how disabled you are. Scans also often change, with most disc prolapses shrinking over time. Today, Pete and I welcome another patient voice, Joe. Joe also featured in episode 4 and 5, but today we're particularly talking to him about his imaging findings and the impact they had on him. Pete and I also discuss some of the research around imaging and back pain. The take-homes? Imaging is a fantastic technology but only required for about 5-10% to of people with back pain. Scans are so detailed these days, but this also means they report things we now know may be more to do with painless ageing than pain, like disc degeneration, bulges and arthritis. MRI reports don't appear to be that reliable. We talk about a study where the same person with back and leg pain went to 10 different MRI centres and practically got 10 different results. Scan findings change over time, with most disc prolapses resorbing by themselves and often irrespective of whether pain or function changes. Routine imaging does not improve outcomes and can be harmful, not to mention costly. We highlight a study that showed an eight times greater risk of surgery and five times greater medical cost if people had MRIs when they shouldn't have, which happens more frequently than not. Imaging findings appear to be mainly related to genetics and don't appear to be predicted by heavy manual work, either occupational or leisure time. In fact, there was indications that routine loading may have benefits to the disc. We hope you find this episode insightful. If you did, please share it with a few people you think may benefit, or leave a review on iTunes. The show notes for this episode features three infographics related to imaging and scans for low back pain, as well as the references for this episode. You can find them at www.bodylogic.physio forward slash podcast. And remember to ask, is there more to pain than damage? So welcome everyone. We're here in episode 14 of the podcast. The topic today is uh, how relevant are scans for back pain? Mm. This is a really common um, belief and a common thing that we probably see as clinicians that people mm. come in with their scans. So I think it's a really important topic to address. Yeah. And we have someone with a lived experience of how scans can influence um, a person's life, really. Um, Joe, welcome mm. to the podcast. Yes. G'day, Kev. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. 
Um, I'd love to start with just a, a brief synopsis of your story, um, and then we'll get into how your scan findings influenced your life. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I mean, this is, this is quite a long time ago now, but, um, so I guess my story with, with back pain started in, in 2013 ish. So about seven, eight years ago. And so what happened with me is I, I had an incident at a job, sp had some really sharp pain go down to my foot. Um, pretty much just saw a, a couple of physios, chiros, that sort of thing. In the meantime, it, it didn't get better for a, a fairly long period of time. It was about six months. And, um, I went and got a scan at that point and it showed that I had a couple of disc bulges and some annular tears. And I mean, there was the word degeneration was used in, in it. And, and uh, pretty much after that scan, everything just sort of went from being bad to just, you know, completely crashing. I think um, uh, at that point in time, I was told that uh, I had a good back for a 50 year old or 60 year old. It was, it's, couple of years ago now so i'm struggling to remember the exact terminology that was used but um i i just remember that in my head i was 27 at the time and to hear that you've got the back of a 50 year old when you're 27 and you're working in a really active job i know just scared the absolute crap out of me and uh from that point i i started you know i started limiting my movements i started avoiding certain things like bending and, and lifting and, and twisting and that sort of stuff the the movements that i believed were, were bad for for me at that point in time and so um i i got really really strong through my core and was always bracing and and made sure that i was tense to lift and that sort of thing the, the advice that you sort of hear a lot but um essentially i, I got the scans and, and that took me from a a a point where I was not great, but then it just sent me right off a, a, a cliff. And that was in my mind, that was the beginning of my really long period of uh, uh, back pain. And, and that's where for, for me, I feel like that that's the sort of period where it, it all went really, really um, downhill. So after that point in time, uh, I had probably the next two, three years, where I was, I was doing all these core exercises. I was always sitting bolt upright and, and I was avoiding more and more and more movements. And, and it was sort of weird as, as I avoided more and more and more movements, I found that everything just got stiffer and stiffer. And, and so instead of getting better, my pain sort of got worse. Uh, but at, at the same time, I was, I was still going to work. I was still doing as much as I could, but I was doing it always sort of like a robot and sort of bolt upright. Um, and so it was after about that, that, so it was probably three years in that I, I then had a complete relapse. I had another incident where I was, I was lifting a heavy object and I, I had that same pain just shoot down to my foot and, um, and it, it just, yeah, it was, it was a, a really scary uh, time in my life. And then that's fortunately for me at that stage, I, I got some really good advice and uh, from that, it sort of just got me sort of in, instead of going slowly backwards and being more and more and more pain and avoiding more things, that was the period where I got some good advice at the right time, thank goodness, because who knows what was going to happen. And, um, and then I just started progressing and I, I've, so now I'm, I'm back to doing absolutely everything that I love, which is which is great. I'm back surfing and kite surfing and wing foiling and, and I'm taking up new sports, mountain biking, freediving. And, and it's just, 
yeah, I, I don't avoid anything anymore. I'm back to doing absolutely everything I love. So, yes, it's... So uh, that's a hell of a journey, Joe. You're talking oh, to look, well, I was sort of trying to get through a, um, a seven-year period in, in mm. two or three minutes without mm. taking up too much time. But mm. so, so that is a very abbreviated version. I mean, the, yeah. the, the full story is, is a lot longer than that. And, and I mean, everyone that's sort of going through a, a similar thing out there, I mean, you, you just, you just, you know, you know how much stuff is in between all of that, but it's, mm. uh, it's, I was just trying to cut it short, but yeah. So, and it hasn't been smooth either. It wasn't just down then back up. I mean, I had a, a down back up and then a little dip again. And, and so it's it, nothing smooth, but, but I'm, I, I look back on, on where I was and where I've come from. And, and I'm just so grateful to be back doing the, things that I love doing. And, and it was, um, a, a really simple, uh, you know, it was a mindset change as much as anything, but, but I guess the biggest thing for me was knowing that that, that pain wasn't coming from damage and, and that the scan wasn't, you know, wasn't telling the truth. I mean, there, there's so many people out there that would have the exact same scan as me that wouldn't even know. And so it's, it's, did you know that at the time, Joe? Uh, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't know that now, don't you? I, I know that now and, and yeah. I know that looking back. And, yeah. and as I said, that's just from the advice I got. But no, at the time when I got the scan, essentially it gave the pain meaning. So mm -hmm. the, the pain, all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, so the, the reason why I have pain is because I've got these disc bulges, which are going to be aggravating nerves and then inflaming stuff. And so I've got to look after them. Otherwise it's just going to get worse. Um, and so that, that was sort of the mindset the scan put me into. So it and kind of made sense to you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it gave the, it gave the pain meaning. It mm. sort of went, well, ah, oh, well there's pain because there's damage there. So how am I going to prevent more damage? And then yeah. that's when I went down yeah. the, the track of avoiding things that I thought yeah. would damage me further so so can i just ask you joe around the time that you got the scan what were you actually told about it uh so i, I was i was told that you know that i had bulges that were close to nerves i don't know if they were pushing on the nerves but it, and and then there was annular fissures which i, I don't actually truthfully know what that means but mm. doesn't sound good what does it sound like for you um well look the, the the real summary for me was when uh was when i got told i had the back of a 50 year old right. and i thought well if i've got the back of a 50 year old now how, how much how much time do i have left doing the things that i love yeah and uh so that was that was sort of what the scan meant to me is sort of gave me the impression that my days of being active and fit and healthy and that yeah, sort of right. stuff was sort of limited. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Did, did that create a picture in your head of what your back looked like? Uh, yeah. Sort of unstable and a bit like compressed down and maybe some, you know, just damaged and old and, and frail, I yeah, guess right. was the, the, I mean the, the one big word that, um, that, that scared me the most, I guess was degenerative or degeneration because yeah. yeah. that, that to me sort of said, well, this is what it's like now it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. yeah. So, so what does that word degenerative look like in your head? Oh, oh that's a good question. It's essentially it's, it's the removal of, of what I enjoy doing. You know, right. if it's, yeah. if it's degenerative and it's not going to get better, mm. then I sort of felt, well, if this is where I am now and mm. I'm 27, right. 30 at the time when I had the second major incident, then, well, I call it a major incident when mm. realistically it was just a pain event, mm. but um, it, it sort of put in my head, well, if this is what I'm like now, 
what what are my options mm. to continue doing yeah, what I'm doing? And so it, it does, it puts into your head ideas like fusions, surgeries, yeah, right. you know, all those yeah. things that, you know, uh, absolutely last resort. So. Yeah. So it's interesting that um, the, the languaging around a scan is scary. And we know that from oh. the research that it can be really scary for people, but it sounds like the biggest threat for you is this kind of the sense that it was taking away things you loved. Yeah, and, oh, and absolutely. that threatened your job, but also the the stuff outside job, your work, job you really, hobbies, every, everything. You, I loved. It was, you know, it was my, my I guess my identity was so tied up in being able to do you know active mm. things because all I've ever done is you know activities and stuff yeah. outside and sports, and so as soon as I sort of saw the scan and, and heard the way it was described. Mm. Um, you know, it scared the absolute hell out of me. And then it was funny, but, you know, after the, the doctor that I now see, he sort of said, you know, to do with the story, he said, I'll oh, bring, bring the scans in and I'll have a look at them. And, and he sort of went, oh, yeah, so pretty minor changes. And I was like, well, you know, if, if only that was the advice that I got right. originally. Right. Oh, these, these are minor changes. No, you can still do absolutely everything that yeah. you love yeah. the, these these findings do not explain your pain yeah. i think your pain is because you're you know you're always moving like a robot you're tense you're not moving yeah. if if that was the advice i got at the 6 month mark i, I wouldn't i wouldn't change your journey it would have just been a it would so have been a 6 month journey how easy is it do you think to get um, to to go from having a belief that you're back is you know you got these language which is on a scan report like bulges and fissures and degeneration which don't sound particularly good if you had a if you had a, a house you're going to buy and the advertisement was has got bulges fissures and it's degenerating you probably wouldn't buy it <laughs> and it, 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 this this looks like a 50 year old home and really it's yeah, only exactly. 20 years old exactly okay, yeah. i know you, yeah. you probably wouldn't buy it at some exactly you know, it's, it's, so it's, how, it sounds like it's crumbling it yeah sounds exactly like it. so how easy is it to flip that thought Oh. from to then be told actually no this this is not this is normal this is not a big deal how hard is that uh how hard was that for you it, it was it was extremely hard but it was it was made a lot easier by getting the the right advice the reassurance along the, it would have been impossible to do on my own right um the, the, from from where i was without outside help without intervention and the right intervention, I was, I was never, I was never going to get better. Right. Uh, so, so it's, it's unbelievably hard. Um, but when you get the right help and the right advice, then mm. it, I mean, as soon as I got the right advice, it, my, my pr progress was remarkably quick, I, I would say, but mm. you know, there, there was some ups and downs along the way, but I mean, I, I it was funny. I said to my, my partner that, uh, when I, um, after about a year, when things were just absolutely humming along, I, I said to Joe, I said, I would have, I would have sold the house mm. to feel like this. Mm. If, if I, if I, like, if someone had told me, look, this is a, a, a new spine, it's going to cost you 150 grand and it's going to make you feel this good. I, I would have said, oh, where, where do I sign mm. up? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the, the fact that it was only, a, you know, it was all, you know, in my own hands, it was a self-management. It was just right. movements and exercises I was doing. I mean, it was... Yeah. Can I come back to that thought, though? Because 
um, what you're highlighting is the sense of desperation when you're in a trap. Oh, yeah. And, and the interesting thing you're saying is that the languaging around the scan was scary. Yeah. And, and your, the way you then responded to the scan was to kind of protect, protect your back. Even more. Was that something you were told to do or is that something you kind of worked out for yourself? Oh, I, think, I think it was something that, I, I mean, you always, there's stuff in the media all the time about, you know, have, you know, strong core helps stabilize your back. And when you hear stuff like, oh, well, I need a, when you hear something say you need to stabilize your back, you think, well, my back must be unstable. And yeah. so it's like, well, okay, so therefore, you know, I've got pain. It must be because of instability. And then, then on top of that, you get the scan that says, right. you know, here's all the damage. This is why right. the pain's there. Right. So I guess the, the pain was there because essentially I wasn't moving in a natural way, right. which then prolonged the length of the pain. But, and but then was I got that the scan. because you decided to do that yourself? Were you, were you taught to do that? Well, I, I just sort of went, well, I've I've got a sports science uh, yeah. background, and so I, I in that degree, uh, I mean, you know, we we did learn, you know, to protect your back and right. to have a strong core, and yeah, okay. you know, when you're lifting heavy objects to brace and that yeah, sort of okay. stuff. And yeah. uh, I mean, so it's, it's something that I sort of worked out. But yeah, right. I think that there's a lot of people in the same boat as me, and yeah. so I guess then when you throw the scan on top, then my movements became even more unnatural and even more guarded. And then it just sort of spiraled from there. Yeah, so it's okay. interesting. Yeah. And so the, the, the scan, the thought of the scan, the languaging around it created these kind of responses that for you made you think you needed to protect that back. Yeah. Guard it Absolutely. not move it. Absolutely. Hold it rigid. Yeah. Well, I, th- and I thought that kind of led you down a path of losing function yeah. and making you more vulnerable. Absolutely. I, I thought that, you know, if I kept my back nice and straight yeah. all the time that, you know, that would give it a chance to heal when yeah. really what it was doing was uh, my back was probably fine, but it was just so stiff that it was painful. So yeah. Was, got it. Sort of, How did that impact on you emotionally? Oh, well, it, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything that was fun. I mm. thought that my work was threatened. It was, yeah. it was terrible. I mean, uh, I, I can't believe the impact that it had mm. on my mental health, which then yeah. only then fed back in to make my um, yeah. pain even worse. Yeah. So. so it's interesting you say that Joe, cause I know there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stigma around, um, you know, back pain and people are, you know, it's in your head sort of thing, but we know that, um, losing what you what you're tapping into is that losing your ability to be in control of the things you love yeah. to engage at work has a massive effect on someone's mental health oh absolutely and that's like a really natural consequence uh, ab- absolutely and just losing stuff and i mean if someone said to me you know this is all in your head to me that would have been better than going on paper oh here's your scan this is why it's painful right you know, yeah. yeah but you did have a problem oh, in your back from what you're saying that's yep. right but it just stopped you doing the stuff you love yeah absolutely yep. so you said the advice that you got given really helped you this when you, you know saw these new people that um seemed to help you more what was that advice around the scan what was the advice that helped you um move on so i i guess the the great advice that i got was that you know, there's lots of people with similar scans to me that wouldn't even know it walking around the the places. And so it's like, well, you know, what's the difference between me and them? How can, you know, I get from being a, a mm. symptomatic uh, disbulge to being an asymptomatic disbulge. And the, the fact that people have 
similar worse, much worse scans than me and wouldn't even know was a, a sign of, was, was hope, you know, it was, gave, gave me a bit of hope. And then also, uh, I mean, I just got reassured that, that stuff like bending, twisting, loading was all safe and extremely, it's, it's natural and safe to do those movements. And so it, it, it just meant that as soon as I started to unlock movements and be able to move more naturally, well, it sort of did two things. One, it reassured me that I wasn't even close to being as damaged as I thought I was. Yeah. Um, but it also had a massive uh, alleviating effect on my pain because, you know, I'd been held in this brace for so long. And of, of course I was stiff, you know, of course it was painful to, mm. to go, you know, if, if I'm bolt upright all the time, as soon as I did that, you know, there was, there was pain because that was an un, unnatural, unnormal movement for me right, at that yes, point right. in time. Mm. And so as soon as I got told, no, look, it, it's safe to just go through, you, you know, your body is designed to move. You, you know, take your body through its range of motion. And as soon as I started to do that, it was, I guess what really helped is it was such a fast progression that it was, it was almost irrefutable that I was on the right track finally. So, so it was the lived experience it, it that was, con convinced you the most. Oh, absolutely. It, it was, wasn't just being told. Oh, that, that's it. It was, yeah. I, I wasn't only doing all these movements and getting back into activity, which I love to do, but it was having a, a drastic impact on the, the pain levels in the right way. Yeah, which, okay. how, how scary was that for you to start moving again, have, given that you'd gone into that whole protective space? It was... Every, every single time I got given a, a new movement by, uh, by the, the physio that I, I engaged with, it was, I thought he must be joking. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. You, you, you wanted me to pick something up with a bent back and then twist over my shoulder, loaded. I mean, he, he essentially recreated the movement that, that injured my back in the first place. So, I mean, every single time there, there was this progression, I was like, no, mate. What did you think would happen? I just thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this twist over. I'm going to pop the bulge again and, and then go back to square one. I thought, you know, I thought that, that that movement was dangerous. And uh, I thought that maybe, you know, got slip a disc or whatever you, you call it. But yeah, I thought that, that it could re-injure it and, and set me back. And I was so worried about going backwards that mm. I was like, no, no, like I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I can bend now. Like, can't we just leave it there? <laughs> no, no, it, no, there was, there was, it was, it was funny that the first session I had, I remember getting asked, uh, you know, so, so what movements don't you, you know, don't you want to do? And I was like, Oh, okay. Thank God. You know, so I, I, I can't bend. I can't twist. I can't, I don't want to carry anything heavy one handed. I don't want to, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. I thought, you know, that would be okay. So we won't go there. We'll try and work around those movements. And then I, I get into the session and it was like, all right, so let's start with bent and just knock, knocked them off one after the other. <laughs> and I mean, the next day I was, I was so like, my muscles were all so sore and it was sort of a feeling I hadn't had in a long time, but the actual niggly sharp pain that I was experiencing wasn't any worse. Uh, and then from there, it was just a whole lot of moving and then, mm. and just a whole lot of progressing. But 
Yeah. Do you think that if you had been given the information that you sort of said, like loads of, loads of people out there are walking around with, you know, backs that look worse than yours on a scan but have no pain whatsoever, would that have changed at all? Um, I, I think I had to go through it myself and, and actually experience it for myself mm. rather, rather than just being told um, to, for it to really sink in mm. about how, I don't know, about how, eat, I guess, how simple, you know, how right mm. the, the, it was, but uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. Like, yeah. Mm. Something I do want to talk about though, because yeah. there's a lot of research out there and, and we're, we are researchers. So I think it's important we mm. discuss some facts and bring some statistics mm. or some numbers into some percentages mm. into it. Mm. Um, so one of the most um, famous studies, or I suppose most widely cited studies is a systematic review that looked at about 3000 people with um, back pain uh, and also looked at a whole bunch of people without back pain. I've got the numbers here in terms of, when they looked at those without back pain, what percentage of those people had these findings on a scan? So we'll kind of quickly rattle through them just briefly now. So 37% um, of 20-year-olds had disc degeneration. Remember, this is in people with no pain. Yep. 80% of 50-year-olds had disc degeneration and 96% of 80-year-olds had disc degeneration. And when it comes to disc bulging, 30% of 20-year-olds had disc bulging, 60% of 50-year-olds 84% of 80-year-olds. So you can kind of see that there's this linear relationship between when you get older and the more likely it is that you're going to have findings on a scan. Yeah. So they're quite big numbers. Um, and I suppose the other important thing to sort of talk about that was that same author group also did a study where they looked at comparing um, findings in people that did have pain compared to findings in people that didn't have pain. And there was a slight... Um, increased likelihood that those with pain are going to show more findings. Yep. But the, I guess the important take home from that is it's not a, it's not a death sentence. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you are likely to be one of those people. Um, and it doesn't, the other thing, it doesn't predict your future in terms of who's more likely to have back pain as they get older or be in, in, um, have uh, back pain influence their life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, uh, when I got told those studies, uh, originally and, and I looked into a bit of stuff myself with the research background I, I sort of thought well if that's the case like I, I fully understand yeah okay if you've got findings yeah you're slightly more likely to have that mm. but then there's so many people who are asymptomatic with those mm. so how do I become one of the exactly. asymptomatic yeah. ones and exactly. and key. That, that's it and I mean it, it could be largely to do with the the advice that I got and, and just pretending like you don't have those findings and just living and then, you know, it just, just think, all falls into place. I think what you're tapping but... into as well is, you know, it's, it's you know, it, when you're in pain and you don't have strategies to manage it, that kind of information may not be, be helpful. that helpful. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, you know, because it's like, like at the end of the day, you, you know, hearing something's one thing, but it's what you do about it is another thing. Oh, Pete, I, I reckon if you scan two people's backs one person with findings and one person with no findings and you told them the opposite of what they had uh, from my experience i think that the person who got told that they had a damaged back mm. would be more likely to end up in pain than the guy that got yeah, told they had a normal they start thinking differently behaving differently correct, acting yeah. differently yeah. i i 100 agree yeah. i mean i i had a, a guy uh, that i know who who had a a back strain and he, he had it for about three months 
he ended up going and getting scanned and he had an absolutely perfect scan. And so the doctor said to him, he said, there's, there's no reason for your pain. It'll go away. And about a month later, he was fine. Yeah, right. I, I really do wonder if, yeah. if say that they got his scan mixed up yeah, right. and so he still had the, the perfect <laughs> back, but yeah. he got his scan mixed up and it showed a whole bunch of damage. Yeah. And the doctor said to him, mate, your back's cooked. Well, we actually, I wonder, we know that's true actually, yeah. because there are studies that have been done randomizing people to like getting a scan or getting not a get, not getting a scan and looking at what happens to people who get scanned and look, let's be clear about the fact that there are some indications where scans are really, really important. Um, you know, we've said this before in other podcasts, but you know, if there's a, a question of malignancy or fracture or infection or nerve compression, and particularly if it's affecting bladder um, function, uh, it's an absolute indicator for a scan. Yeah. Um, but those things will show up on the scan as very important that need to be acted on mm. immediately. In you know, a num- in most cases, um, you know, there is some indication in some situations that, you know, for example, big disc prolapses, the majority do re- resolve in time. But if you've got progressive loss of power mm. and um, bladder control, then that's an indicator that you need, that's a significant problem that needs yeah. to be dealt with straight away. But the, that's sort of like a tiny percentage of yeah, people. 1%. It's like 1% of the yeah. population. The 99%, unfortunately, so often get scanned and the, and the, um, they get scanned outside the guidelines. So mm. the guidelines say if you don't, you know, if, you, if you've not had a trauma, mm. like, you know, you, there's not suspicion of a fracture. Yep. Um, you don't, there's no suspicion of a can- cancer or, or indication of infection or some inflammatory disease. Um, and you've got no raging pain down the leg with a loss of power and sensation and bladder control problems, don't scan it. But the majority still end up getting scanned. Yeah. And the problem then is what gives it, is then they get these labels dumped on you. And that can endure for a lifetime um, where that person starts living a life like they've got to protect their damage back because they might be young and they think their time's running out. Yeah, yep. So, so there was a study that looked at exactly what you're talking about. At, at one month, they looked at the people that got an early scan that they shouldn't have um, and compared to match controls, they were eight times more likely to have surgery and their healthcare costs were five times as high in, in workers. And their general health pain. and their time off work um, and their, you know, their level of function, all of those things are impacted just as you were described. Yeah. So yeah. you are a living example of the, yeah, um, of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the research. What, where you're a little unusual is that most of the studies suggest that when you get stuck at the point you're at, you don't get better. Uh, I was, uh, <laughs> so you are a bit unusual yeah, on, as, on as that a, account. As I said, I got the right advice at the right time. Mm. I, I, I am almost certain that if I hadn't had the intervention, the positive intervention I had at that three-year mark, that I, I would, I would be sitting in front of you right now with some form of having gone under surgery mm. for my back, mm. which yeah, is a very was, common kind of next step. Ab- absolutely, I just in, well, in the population. I, I just at that stage, I thought this has gone on long enough. I've gone back to square one. This is at three, and I just thought, well, look, I've. I'm yeah. probably going to end up needing some sort of mm. intervention mm. here to to because I can't keep going like yeah, this. Exactly. I mean, the the pain was always there yeah. and it was excruciating mm. and yeah, horrible and, situation. No, it's yeah. terrible. The other thing that um, the other study that comes to mind is because um, we, as you said, Kev, 
we see that there is this relationship between um, what you see in a scan and someone's chance of having back pain. But what we have to understand is there's a lot of the population who might have back pain, who never seek care, who are never disabled or minimally impacted. Mm. They're not worried about it and they just get on with life. And there's, they're, they're out there. They never seek care. So we kind of lose them in the picture. It was a really interesting study um, that looked at people before they had back surgery and they were either going to get a disc replacement or a fusion to their spine. And it rated the severity of their scan from zero to 10. Uh, And then it looked at how much pain those people had and how disabled they had. And there was no relationship between the severity of the scan and how much pain and disability they they got, they had, which is pretty scary because if I was going to go and get a surgery on my body, I would want to know the thing that the, the thing that was the reason for the surgery was to treat my disability and pain. If I knew there was no relationship between those two, I'd be pretty concerned (laughs) that might not be the the right thing. And and I think what it highlights is that pain's complex. Yeah. Um, And, and whether we can function or not is also complex and it's linked to our thoughts, our emotions, our, behaviors and that's what you're alluding to yeah, yeah. is that the things that change for you absolutely and and when i was when i was going well uh, everything was just uh, you know go, going back in it was a feedback loop and so when things were going well i was happier and that would that would have a positive influence yeah, right. i was i was more active which would have right. a positive influence right. i was back you know i had distractions and that would have a positive influence and yeah. the same thing when i was on the way down um you know i was i was in pain which then led to less activity, which then fed back in to make the pain worse. And then that made me sad, which made the pain worse. And so it's, it's amazing how, yeah, it's, it's a downward spiral or an upwards. That's right. Mm. It's amazing how intertwined everything is. It is. But, um, and it's, it's not just the scan either. It's, it's, it's also the, the language and the, the way the scan gets described. I mean, Mm. initially, as I said, if, if, if that scan came back to me and the doctor had said, Oh yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fine. That's pretty normal. And then put that scan away. Then it wouldn't have had anywhere near the impact that it ended up having. Yeah. But, you know, just so what would you tell a healthcare practitioner then if they had another Joe come to see them? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many things that oh, I would love to change about my journey. But then, then also, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I've gone through it because, you know, it just, it just, you know, it, it's all, it's all worked out. But I mean, at the, at the three year, when I was absolutely at rock bottom and I, I would just have loved to be able to now be able to go back and, and say to myself at the start, look, don't, don't even worry about getting scanned. You're fine. You just need to move and you'll heal. Your body will heal. It's mm. fine. Mm. But, um, you know, you, you're not as damaged as you think you are. Mm. Don't worry about that mm. side of things. But, um, mm. even if the, so, for the healthcare practitioner, I would have said, mate, just reassure this person. Like words are so powerful. It's amazing. Like, you know, you, you trust in doctors to, you know, maybe maybe wrongly, but you just think that they will have the answers mm. and that, that the advice that they give you will help. Mm. So so their words carry so much more weight mm. than um, your typical uh, person, you know, mm. like uh, just a standard Joe Bloggs on the street, mm. you know, says something, you just go, oh, well, that, that's... But when a doctor says something to you like, you know, 
this is this, this is degenerative or you've got the back of a 50 year old or you need to protect your back or your back is on yeah these things they carry a huge amount of weight so mm-hmm. I, I i would say if there was some advice for a healthcare practitioner treating me back then i would have said look that your words carry so much weight so you need to you need to reassure this person and mm-hmm. and you know so what's your picture of your back now then, Joe? Because oh, my understanding is that you still get some back pain from time to time. It's oh, not like you're cured. When, when I really but, go hard, I, I mean, the truth, of, the truth of it is, Pete, is I don't care what my back looks like now. Because right. <laughs> it does what you want. Because it does what I want. Yeah, I mean, right. to, to be honest, I, I don't want to know what it looks like. I, mm. I, I don't care what it looks mm. like. All I care is that I'm, I'm doing the stuff that I want to be right. able to do. Yep. But... um. Look, I've got no idea. I mm. don't really care. So me, you me, park that one. Me, me and him are friends at the moment, so we're all we're all yeah, good. Right. But, but look, uh, you, you know what? I just I'm I'm not even interested. I'm mm. I'm I wouldn't say that I'm scared to know, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to mm. know. But but you trust your back now? Yeah, clearly. You've yeah. got a good relationship with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Before you feared it, uh, absolutely. So so now I mean I I still get. Back pain. Uh, and what do you do if you get it? I, I just go and do something fun or a bit distracting or, you know, I just, you know, most of the time now when I'm, I'm getting a bit of pain is after I've had a really big day or I've done something stupid the day before or I've lifted, you know, and, and, it, and it feels different. Like now, now when I get back pain, it feels like it's just muscle pain. You know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit stiff now from what I did yesterday. Mm. But this morning I woke up and it was a bit sore and I was like, oh God. And so I went, oh, well, I know what will help. A bit of, bit of blood pumping. And so I went for a, a run. Right. And, and after that, I felt absolutely great. Right. And, and it, so it's, it's very different. So that's a now. really different response to oh, absolutely. your other journey where you would have stopped and protected oh, and I avoided. Have, I would have, um, you know, probably tried to, to sit, sit upright, you know, right. when I was, yeah. I was here, I would have been like this and I would have probably, uh, you know, been, uh, probably sitting at home on the couch trying not to move too much while mm. letting my back heal while worrying mm. about my back right. that's that's probably what i would have done previously so quite a different response yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah so the the imaging findings if we bring it back to the scans because yeah. obviously the topic of the episode they held a lot of power for you oh, obviously an amazing amount yeah i want to quickly talk about so um uh, how reliable those scan findings are. Mm. So if we took you yep. and you had an MRI at 10 other or nine other MRI centers than the one you had, oh, yeah. what do you reckon the agreement is between those radiologists or the, between the reports of the MRI? Oh, well, I, look, I would have thought pretty, I would have thought an MRI is pretty accurate. You'd hope so. I, I would have thought so. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to say it? Oh, okay. yeah. So, so they did this study. They had yeah, a lady yeah. who had back pain and, and raging leg pain down, or, or sciatica type symptoms yeah, down her legs. Yeah, that sound like fun. And they, they, within the space of three weeks, they sent her to 10 different, 10 different MRI um, scanning places just to see what the commonalities were. There was not one common finding across all MRIs. I think... Um, there was 14 different findings, so 14 unique different findings on the on the scan reported, and um, 
each, radiolog each radiologist averaged two errors compared to the two spinal, um, I think they were neurosurgeons or neuroradiologists that, that commented on the kind of the gold standard picture. So even, and, and that's, I don't know if I should have told you that. <laughs> oh, no. It's it's um it's past Joe now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to go get an MRI. <laughs> Water off a duck's back now. But um, even you know those findings that the doctors are reporting either correctly or incorrectly, they might not even be the same as what if you were to get another MRI from a different place. I just wanted to pause here for a second because when we recorded the podcast, I don't think I made this point particularly clear. I also made an error relating to how many errors each radiologist made. The irony. Anyway, that study of a lady with back and leg pain going to 10 different MRI centres within three weeks identified 49 different findings. 16 were unique and only found once among all 10 reports. And not a single finding was common among all 10 reports. Now, each radiologist averaged 12 errors, not two, as I said in the conversation with Joe. The take-home from that is don't just rely on the scan or take it as gospel. Consider this only as part of the bigger clinical picture. So now that's clarified, let's head back to the conversation. Uh, so that's an important thing to consider. And MRIs mm. are sort of the gold standard and for I, that. And I think the other thing that's really important to understand is that your spine is never static. It's like the garden doesn't look the same today as it will in a month. Yep. Your spine changes over time. We see, yeah, and we know this from yep. the research that if you look at um, longitudinal studies, at studies over periods of time, and you look at active populations versus people who are inactive, and that's the irony, is that inactive populations show more progression of those changes, negative changes on the scan, than active populations. So we have this idea that you need to protect your back. In fact, I had this conversation yesterday with a person going, well, I'm thinking... If it's, um, if it's degenerative now, I really don't want to use it too much because I've got these number of years left. And that was what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where in actual fact, it's the opposite. To protect it's like it, you to need protect to it, you move gotta use it back and use it and load, load it, it because that's what keeps it healthy. Which makes sense, really. It totally I, does. I mean, you yeah. know, you go to the gym, you, you do a whole lot of bicep curls. Yeah, what happens? Your body lays down new tissue. Exactly. You, 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 you get new tissue. You yeah. get... You, so, so I mean, of degenerating, we're constantly laying down new tissue. Regenerating. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it makes so much sense. Uh, but then for some reason, when, when, the, when it's your back that's involved, yeah. you just act completely differently. Yeah, like exactly. if, if, it was my, if it was my, I mean, I've rolled my ankle uh, 50 times. Mm. And never once did I think to myself, mm. well, the only way that this ankle is going to get better is if I don't move it ever yeah. again. So why the back so differently? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's cause we, well, we're always told, you know, lift with a straight back mm. We're we're constantly told that, you know, mm. keep a good posture, mm. keep, keep your core tight, you know, mm. lift with bent knees, mm. straight back. So I think that we're sort of conditioned to think that our backs are a fragile structure. Then on mm. top of that, there's such an important structure mm. that everything that we do mm. yet, with a lot of things, we can get around certain movements without using our back. I mean, you can't you can't walk without using your ankle. Mm. And so at some point, you're just going to have to get up there and walk and your ankle's mm. then going to start moving and then it's going to feel better. But mm. it's amazing the, the stuff that you can get done without mm. ever moving your back. Mm. But it just leads to mm. a whole world of pain, world of, pain, world yeah. of problems. So no, it's, it's amazing. If we had no choice mm. but to bend our backs, if we had no choice but to twist and load, then we'd 
God, I, I hate to think how many people are going through what I was going through uh, unnecessarily. It's, mm. it's, no, it's terrible. Mm. You sort of mentioned before um, the, this idea that the more we load our spines, actually that's better for us. Mm. And that's sort of highlighted by a study that looked at cyclists that had healthier looking spines than those that didn't cycle. Mm. Um, the Same other, with running. Same with running, mm. yeah. This, the other side of the coin is that, um, you know, disc prolapses, typically the bigger they are, the more likely they are to heal. And we know that about... Re, you know, reabsorb. You know. re, yeah, reabsorb is probably a better word for that. Uh, we know that about sort of 64, 65% of, of disc prolapses will reabsorb, um, but the amount of resorption is completely unrelated to whether that person gets better or not. So mm. people could get better and their disc looks worse. People could not get better and their disc looks better on, on imaging. So there's this really kind of confusing relationship out there between imaging mm. findings and, and mm. scans. Pain is not simple. It's, no, it's exactly it's right. And that's why unraveling the complexity of it is kind of the, the key mm. job of a good healthcare practitioner or a team of practitioners yeah. to kind of support people on that journey. Yeah. Joe, you kind of mentioned before there was a little bit of a period there where everything was going great. You were back to doing everything that you loved and then shit hit the fan. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, about a year after I, I, I started coming good and I got some really good advice, uh, I, I ended up having a, a pain flare. And uh, I think almost uh, the, the sailing was a little bit too smooth for the 12 months before it because it, it just it came out of nowhere and it absolutely hit me, hit me for six. So um, essentially I, I'd been going good for about 10, 12 months. And then out of nowhere, there was just a, a tiny little niggle. And, and then over about an hour, it, it built up, built up. And then the familiar sensation of my back going into spasm was, was, um, was, was there and I was all bent up and I was just in a lot of pain and I couldn't relax. And my mind was going back to, you know, you know, Oh God, just trying. I was, I was still trying to move as much as I could, but my mind was going back mm. to, Oh, what if, what if, you know, I started just getting a, a few more negative thoughts, which um, then, uh, I mean, the, the pain probably only lasted about a week, but the, the negative, um, uh, the, it just made me feel vulnerable again. And the, the negative mental sort of side of things hung around for months and months and months. And, and I started having just a few more pain flares and, and things just sort of started to unravel. Yeah. So we, we, I was lucky enough to catch up you. Well, yeah, fortunate enough to catch up with you at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I actually recorded a little bit um, of a video, which I want to play for you now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think it sort of highlights um, certainly how when you have a pain flare, lots of your old beliefs come rushing back. Absolutely. Um, so let's have a quick watch. It's unfortunately my, my subconscious, because I had that vulnerable period and, and there was a period where my brain was anxious and still is a little bit mm -hmm. um, at the moment, it's, it's, it's going through negative possibilities. Like that the disc bulges are bigger, that the degeneration is still there, that, you know, that these things do mean that pain should be. It's just... It's just giving it uh, meaning and it's, it's giving it power. And So that was about two years ago, one, one or two years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, I guess, guess probably more than two years ago now, yeah. yeah. So, so watching that back now, 
What's going through your head? Oh, it, it just, it just, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, like just the, 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 the rapid progression. And then all of a sudden I just had these pain flares and, and I was right back where I sort of started and I just started being really worried again. And, and I mean, it was, it was like, you, you know, you, you're building a house or a tower or a stack of Jenga and you just start taking pieces out every, every, every flare was like just taking pieces out of that, that foundation that I, you know, worked so hard and done, you know, help build up. And, and I guess what happened is, is the pain flare, although, although the original pain flare only lasted a week or two, mm. it, it got me worried again. And then that worry fed back in to, to not only making the pain worse, but also wondering what was behind the pain. And then, mm. and then when that started happening, maybe my movement started being affected. I started becoming a bit worried to do certain things again. And then, you know, I stopped, stopped doing things that were distracting and fun. And, and I just ended up, it was just a downward sort of spiral down yeah. and, and everything sort of fed back into making the pain worse. Then the pain fed into my mental health and then the mental health just has an impact on everything. And so, what would you say to that, Joe, now? Don't worry about it. Would he have listened to you, though? Oh, I don't know. I, I like to think I'd listen to myself. But, <laughs> no, look, I mean, honestly, if, if, I, if I saw into the future, at, at that point in time, if I, if I looked forward into the future and saw where I am now, it would have been, it would have been a two-week problem. I would have taken it a little bit easy while the, the pain was bad, while it was flared up, and then I would have just got on with it. Because, you know, if... if if the worry's not there about the the loss of function and and identity and physical activity and work and that sort of stuff, if the worry's not there, then pain's easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you if you think well, pain doesn't if the pain doesn't mean anything, the pain itself isn't really a problem. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, it's what the pain means. And so if if you look forward and go, oh, if I if I saw myself in eighty years and I was jogging down the street. I wouldn't have a care in the world until I probably got to 80 and then I'd start worrying again. Yeah. So did you get another scan then? Nah. Why? Because given that you were worried about it, why didn't you? Because I, I had some, some really good people in my corner telling me I didn't need to. Right. And I didn't, didn't really. I, I, and also, even though I was back to sort of, I, I got really bad. I, I spiraled all the way back down to not quite where I was, but, but pretty close. But... I still held on to some of the key messages from, mm. from all of my time and my experience from, from the, the progression before. And so I knew that like, uh, you know, I was still telling myself all the right messages, mm. you know, pain doesn't mean damage movements. Good for me. I, I still had all these positive messages mm. going through my head, which I didn't have before, but they were just getting overwhelmed by the mm. other side of things, mm. which, which was that, but I, I still had some really good people in my corner telling me, you're going to get through this. And, mm. and I, I ended up, you know, I, it, it was a while. I mean, a, a two week problem became a six month problem, but, you know, slowly got back on top of it. Mm. And, and then, and I'm, I'm just, I'm away now. So it's yeah. all good. So if you had another two week event, do you think it would be different? The oh, next time? I, I, I've had a, I had a week long event about six months ago, actually. Mm. And, it, it was it was weird. I just thought, I, I think 
the, the, the more experience that you have dealing with this and, and the more tools I'd been given and the more I'd been sort of, uh, you, you know, you, you live the experience and, and, and once you've, once you've done these things a few times before, as I said, I think the first time the sailing was a little bit too smooth, but now that I've had a few, few rockier sort of seas, it, it just, it just helps, you know, like. You, you so what did you different the last time, six months ago? I just didn't worry. I just, no. I just distracted myself. No. I just went, you know what, this'll, this'll get better. You know, I, I can't do X, Y, and Z for now, but as soon as I can do those things, I'm right. going to do them. Right. And, and I sort of went, well, I've been so much worse than this before. Why, why is this, why is this going to be any different to the last mm. two, three times where, you know, I got back to being awesome. got back to being fantastic. And what if it didn't get better in a week? How would you oh, feel? God, I, I mean, look, I still am, am really, really happy that I know when things get really bad i've still got some really good people in my corner yeah right um, so did you go and see anyone six I, months ago? I didn't i right. didn't you did it yourself i did it myself right. okay. uh, and, and as you said you know because it only lasted a week maybe yeah. maybe that was yeah. if it lasted a month or two months yeah i mean it's, it's some help yeah well absolutely it's um you know i didn't seek help maybe a week wasn't long enough mm. i was able to get mm. ma- navigate that myself mm. but i don't know if, if it had been going for two weeks or a month or mm. two months, I, I would have started to, to call, call mm. in some, yep. or I, w- I would have started to mobilize the team. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's really important because, um, you know, what, what we do know about pain is that it's strongly linked to memory and like you can have some really negative memories, but you can actually build some really positive memories yeah. And the old memories, which were negative, have been superseded by some pretty potent, powerful, positive memories. Absolutely. And that's what you leaned back on the last time. Oh, And yeah. that worked. And it kind of circumvented that cycle of negative spiral thinking, acting, doing that stuff that's just so consuming. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think also is, is whereas I, I used to just have these flares for, for no real reason. I mean the last six months or the last year I've been hammering myself. Mm. I mean, I should, I should have pain. (laughs) I I don't, you know, like, I mean, I've, I've done, I've done things the last two years, 12 months that I I never thought I'd get to do again. Mm. So it's, um, you know, it's, I guess you, you just doing is believing. So Mm. I don't know. It was, um, I I guess I've had enough repeats that I'm getting better and better and better. I'm still not, I'm, I'm not saying that my journey's over. I'm no. not saying I'm never going to have an no. issue with pain again because yeah, exactly. I, I almost certainly will. But I, I know that, you know, my experience up to now will help me. And then I've still got a yeah. lot of, a lot of tools in your toolkit. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I haven't, I haven't had to use the tools at my disposal, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's uh, yeah. Well, you've got tools in your toolkit and then you've got co-work, you know, I've got other tools. <laughs> <laughs> And it's probably important awesome. to mention that you didn't have anything serious in terms of signs and symptoms that we were talking about exactly, before yeah. changes to your bladder or bowel or things like that. Oh, that but, that yeah. but I mean, back in the day, like when I was really, really bad, if you told me, oh, not being able to go to the toilet is a, is a sign of something really bad. I wouldn't have been able to crap for a week. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I would have just gone, oh, well, I would have stood at the, the toilet not being able to wee, you know? Like so, it was, so as a healthy yeah, practitioner, yeah, we'd yeah, ask you that, or we wouldn't tell you it was a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's right. But, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, 
your, your head can do some uh, weird and wonderful sure, things yeah. when it's uh, yeah. when it's and, scared. In both ways. Oh, both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. No, no worries. Happy to be here. Cheers. <laughs> Good on you. So there you have it. The end of another episode. A quick recap of the take-homes. Imaging is important, but usually only for 5 to 10% of people with back pain. Imaging findings are common in people without pain and don't predict future pain or function. MRI reports don't appear to be that consistent between MRI centres. And routine imaging is not associated with better outcomes and is often harmful, not to mention costly. As I mentioned, show notes featuring three imaging-related infographics and the references discussed today can be found at www.bodylogic.physio forward slash podcast. Please subscribe, share and review. And until next time, remember to ask, is there more to pain than damage? Please note, what you heard on this episode of Empowered Beyond Pain is strictly for information purposes only and does not substitute individualised care from a trusted and licensed health professional. If you would like individualised, high-value care for your pain, sports or pelvic health problem, head to the BodyLogic website and make an appointment. Theme music generously provided by Fervin and Cash. <laughs>